0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Welcome to You Come First with me Megan Barton Hansen. You may know me from the 2018 series of Love Island. Since before Love Island, I've always had a passion for women's rights and interests. So I'm here to tell you everything you need to know when it comes to putting yourself first, whether that be in a relationship, in the bedroom, your career or your mental health. I've called in friends from around the world for an intimate, unfiltered conversation that will change your life forever. The reason I started this podcast is because since I've used my platform to speak so openly, I've had so many of you contact me on social media and even stop me in the street asking me to do a podcast. So now we really can get down and dirty and discuss the most important things that just aren't talked about enough. Expect lots of laughter, a few tears and for the penny to finally drop as we discuss the most taboo and private topics, helping you focus on the fact that you come first. I'm so excited for today's guest. As soon as I saw her Instagram, I instantly fell in love with her, and I'm sure you will too. Florence Given, the 21 year old activist, illustrator, and author, is an incredible feminist. She uses her platform to raise awareness of issues surrounding sexuality, consent, race, and gender. She's got over 600,000 Instagram followers. Her book, Women Don't Owe You Pretty, is a Sunday Times bestseller, and her quotes and illustrations confront oppressive attitudes towards women and their bodies. Through slogans such as Stop Raising Him, He's Not Your Son, It's a Wonderful Day to Dump Him, and offer a Shag, Florence empowers women to embrace our sexuality, put ourselves first, and ignore the toxic patriarchal ideas and slut shaming.
2: Hey, babe, how are hey, you?
1: Hey, I'm so good, thank you. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm so happy to finally get you on the podcast. Me like, too. I'm such a fangirl. Oh, <laughs> uh, no,
1: I'm, I'm so excited. Obviously, I've loved you for years because you've always been a supporter of me. And I've just always, I've just been so obsessed with how you have come out of the things that have tried to destroy you in the media. I just think it's really fucking impressive.
2: I know. It's weird. Like, obviously, no one would have picked the journey and had as much like trolling and shit as I did. But I think I've turned it into a positive. And it's weird how life works out. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, your book. So obviously, I think I first discovered you on my Explore page. And I had that interview with Piers Morgan. And I was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so scared and petrified that it was just gonna make me look so thick I was like what am I gonna do Saw your artwork and that you put it on a t-shirt so I was like okay even if I don't know what I'm saying mm. and I have no comebacks I'm gonna wear this t-shirt and it's just gonna say everything <laughs> so thank you for that
1: <laughs> oh of course I was honestly I was so happy when you messaged um I just think it was it, it, wait can I swear on here
2: yeah yeah okay
1: okay okay amazing (laughs) I just thought it was so fucking cool um and I just like I know that I've got the picture in my head you've got your blonde bob and it's like the bright yellow t-shirt um with the red letters on it and it was I just I I just thought it was so cool um and it was just so brazen as well to like do it in front of peers. Yeah, I think it's sick.
2: And it just summed everything up. I think a lot of like the backlash that I had was because I was a woman and I sat with two guys on the show. Men mm-hmm. are done the same. That's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And I think what it was it was like, don't judge a woman on her sexual history or sexual past. Yeah, yeah. Stop just,
1: valuing women based on their sexual history. Yeah.
2: Love that. It just summed up so well. I was like, this t-shirt is made for me. Ah, <laughs> uh,
1: amazing. I've actually, um I stopped selling them a while ago just because I changed... um merch companies and then because I do everything myself it's like right let's do new designs but I I should definitely bring it back because that was it was just so iconic
2: it was insane I need to check out your new designs but even aside from your art like I was just in love with your book and I'm sure you get girls tell you all the time DM you all the time but it literally was just so empowering and it just changed my mindset I think when I read it I was just going for a really like toxic relationship like my first female relationship and I was letting myself deal with things that I wouldn't in a straight relationship I read Mm. that and I just felt so powerful after I was like oh my god I feel like a copy of that book needs to be given to like every girl at senior school
1: (laughs) thank you thank you so much um yeah I feel like I'm the person that people like chuck their friends to when they've had a bad breakup or they're like pass around a copy of my book or something it's like when I go on a night out or I bump into people who know my work in public, it's always about the breakup. It's always my friend gave me your book when I was going through a breakup. Um, So that, that means a lot. And I'm so glad that something I said helped you through that really shit time. And I completely relate to what you're saying about um, letting things slide when it comes to girls and not, not uh, that you wouldn't ever put up with, with men. Um, And that's also just like part of being bi, isn't it? It's like going through all of those weird things and realizing that, women can also be toxic or emotionally abusive and all of this kind of stuff that you kind of maybe don't want to see and you're just like yeah.
2: ignoring it <laughs> yeah. trying to pretend that it's not happening like, yeah can't be. she's a woman I can't yes, be feeling like God, this another so... woman.
1: what and also you
2: don't want you don't want to think
1: of women as being that way so then you just yeah you just like tell yourself all of this stuff um yeah I relate yeah. to that a lot
2: think especially like your first ever like proper relationship like same-sex relationship because Mm. it's obviously such a brave thing to come out and tell everyone and own that anyway once you've found someone that you click with you're like okay we're taking this seriously you kind of ignore the warning signs because you're like no this is where i've wanted to be for so long yeah feel comfortable being with another woman Mm. but even when there's shit going on you're just like oh okay this isn't happening
1: (laughs) for sure for sure and um especially we're both people in the public eye I think there's if if when you announce that you're queer almost I, I imagine you experience this too it's like people don't believe that you're queer until you show them your fucking girlfriend so then it's this really validating experience uh that people get to see yes it, I am I am bi and I do date girls and then you almost want to hold on to that because I feel like there's more acceptance within the LGBTQ community when you are dating women as a bi person as opposed to when you're dating men um so that just kind of adds to everything of like not wanting to see the person for who they are if you want it to be this you need it to be this great thing so that you can feel accepted
2: that's honestly you've summed it up so well that's exactly it because like I feel as a bi person you have to kind of prove it especially if you're stereotypically like quite a girly girl and femme you Mm. have to definitely prove that you do like girls
1: (laughs) yep constantly and we we see all this shit on social media about like you don't need to be X, Y, and Z to be valid and by, but we live in the real world. That's not true, right? That's like, that's what we say to each other to affirm one another. It doesn't yeah. matter what you look, but that's not true. The actual experience of being a femme queer person, bisexual, pansexual, how, however you identify, is that no one believes you. Queer people don't even clock you as <laughs> queer. So then there's this is all <laughs> of these things. Like whenever I'm looking at like gay couples on the street, like lesbian couples, and I'm looking at them, I'm like, fuck, they probably think I'm a straight person who's like staring at them but I want them to know no I'm one of you like (laughs) so yeah it's like there's all of these we develop these little codes I get it yeah we develop these little codes so that we can like let our people know that we're part but then yeah again when you're dating a man it's like you're not really considered part of the community which sucks
2: yeah, it's so true. I think I even went to the extent of wearing a golden vagina necklace around my neck just so people <laughs> were definitely clear that I do like vagina. <laughs> I had, I had a necklace gold that just said queer. <laughs> I love that. Which, <laughs> yeah. Anyone's a little bit confused. Definitely. <laughs> yeah.
1: Blonde. That's very like blonde femme problems because I feel like every, everything about it, just being blonde as well and being feminine. Um, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I literally, I'm the same babe. I had an necklace that just said queer because no one would clock me.
2: <laughs> it was so funny. My dad was like, oh, is that a coffee bee? And I was like, no. no is that <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: God.
2: But let's talk about like before the book and before you got like your massive following on Insta. What was you mm. doing before? Where did you grow up? So
1: I grew up in Plymouth in Devon. And uh, I, when I was 14 years old, I was in secondary school, obviously, and I left a really toxic friendship group that I was in and decided that I would be alone as opposed to being in a group that gave me company, but made me feel very depressed about who I was. Um, mm. And I think that's really hard in school. You go into this like survival mode where you need friends because you want to fit in. I think a sense of belonging is so important to human beings and it's not even a validation approval sinking thing everyone wants to feel like they belong right it's why we conform to rules and structures and everything so I was I, I really just wasn't happy in this group of girls um and then they gave me no choice anyway because they bullied me out of it and then when I was bullied out of it it was almost this relief um almost like being freed of an abusive relationship and I was like right so I'm alone that's horrible and then I was like no I'm alone I can be who I want And then I started putting more effort into school. um, And in my art classes, I had a teacher who showed me all of these fashion illustration books. And I found this one where there was just drawings of naked women uh, by this woman called Julie Verhoeven, who drew with like wonky tits and like big hair and wonky eyes and stuff. And then I started to draw women. And that's how I picked up illustration. And then I did that for my GCSE art project, just drawing naked women together. <laughs> At this point I hadn't come out. <laughs> it's just like, my <laughs> mom was seeing, there. <laughs> yeah, seeing all these drawings around my room. I'm just like, I just love girls. And then um, I went to art college and started infusing my drawings with my political beliefs. And I think my journey of feminism started when I was still in secondary school. And I just stopped wearing a bra because it was uncomfortable. It felt like a prison for my tits. It just wasn't vibing with the bra thing. And then mm. all the girls would talk about the fact that I wasn't wearing a bra. And then I didn't. I didn't understand it. In my head, I didn't know what feminism was. I didn't know what objectification was. And then I was googling it. And then I just found all of this information. And I was like, what? This is so fucked up. Men can get their nipples out, but women can't. Male nipples don't even do anything. But like we feed babies with our nipples and we're not allowed to get them out. Like, why do men even have nipples? And I was just asking all of these questions and I was like, what's going on? And I just very quickly became aware of women's place in society and then i took that into art college where i made all of these illustrations with the naked women and uh put them on instagram and then slowly but and surely they just kept snowballing uh, a feminist page would like repost my work i'd send it out to all of the pages like please can you share my work um and it was like part of my art college project and then that just kind of kept piling on and i feel like i was just incentivized by the community that i was building on instagram so In Plymouth, I was a bit of like, what the fuck is she doing? We don't need feminism. And then on the internet, everyone was like, this is so important. So I moved to London, kept doing my illustrations, went to uni, but then dropped out because I wanted to give this full time. And then I Mm. broke up with my boyfriend and uh, wrote my book. And I feel like what I've a full circle for me with a lesson with an experience is when I get to turn it into something that can help other people, um, and that that's what I wanted to do with the book, really. Yeah. So yeah, that's like a, a brief history of me with my work
2: so incredible so when you moved to London was your following quite big on Instagram you're like right I'm gonna start like selling all my work on Instagram from Instagram and that's why you moved to London or did you just feel like people in Plymouth just didn't get it like they just feel she's so different she's I don't know did you just feel like you needed to move to London to like carry on and like pursue your career
1: I feel like I needed to be around, I didn't know it at the time, but what I was looking for was a queer community. But at the time I was like, mm. I need to meet people who are just different like me. And obviously actually that's just, I need to meet queer people and be around queer people. Um, but no, so I actually moved to London for university, uh, but yeah. I, I, know, I knew that I needed to just escape Plymouth is not a bad place, I'd just outgrown it and I'd become this big fish in a small pond where I couldn't go anywhere without people, girls coming up to me, and which still happens now in London. So it's like, it, now it's just happened in London, but in Plymouth, I couldn't go to a nightclub without a girl coming into to me in the smoking area and telling me about her rape trauma because she saw my Instagram post. And I think there's this thing with the internet. It's a different breed of celebrity where people think they know you. Like no one's going to walk up to like Lady Gaga on the street and start t- telling her about her rape trauma because she is a celebrity where there's like a, a division between you and her, but with mm. influencers and people on the internet, we think we know them. And so people would just come at me with this like, over familiar energy and I couldn't escape it. And I was like, okay, I'm, I need to go to somewhere where I'm going to be small again and I can grow. And so that's yeah. why I wanted to go to university and yeah, moved up to London. I studied one year at London College of Fashion. I did a styling degree for one year. It should have been three years, um, but then I dropped out. So when, when I moved to London, I maybe had 20,000 followers on Instagram and then at uni it was like every single day I just hardly slept. Um, And I also had this relationship on the back burner that was just draining me of all my energy and it was getting more and more toxic the more empowered I became. So the more I would begin to like myself and rely less on this man for love and affection and validation because I was getting it from my work as any normal healthy relationship should, um, he would get more controlling, more abusive. And then it was like harder to see. but I was running my online store, doing uni work, coming home. Um, I got my first big commission job. It was for Rita Ora's tool merchandise. And I was 19 and I couldn't fucking believe that I got this job. Um, and then I just spent like three. They were like, oh, yeah, deadline Monday. And it was Friday. And I had to draw. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to draw her. So um, I and I don't really normally draw people. So I spent a whole weekend on it. Um, didn't really sleep. Um, and it was, and then I got more commission jobs. So I spend my weekends working, ironing t-shirts, folding them up in paper, packaging them on my way to uni, go to the lecture, come home, do it all again. And it was this constant, okay. um,
2: yeah. Heavy. You should have got the yeah. toxic boyfriend to start ironing the t-shirts. Give him a you Yeah, t-shirt. I know.
1: <laughs> well, this, this <laughs> is the thing. He would, he would, he resented anything that I did that was, I think he knew that I was on the out, So, Mm. because he could see that I was realizing that what I had to say is important. And I think there's nothing more dangerous to an abusive partner um, than knowing that the person you're with is realizing that they are okay without you and that they're gonna gonna meet someone, not even romantically, a friend, who's gonna see what you're doing and that you're gonna get caught out. So I think the control just kind of amped up. And then I dropped out of uni Um, I told my lecturer, I was like, I need to do a year out. Uh, I don't think I'll come back, but let's say I'll take a year out um, because I need to give what I'm doing now 100%. I need to do this. Yeah, because it was
2: flying already.
1: It was, and I could see that there was something big coming. And then I moved out of my halls into a flat with my boyfriend. It took one month for it to get really bad to the point where I could no longer ignore it. And then I dumped him, started that whole thing on the internet. <laughs> <Love> um, <that. laughs> the amount
2: just, of sassy, sassy girls I see with dumping bags. I'm yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like, it, it just, it just kind of became this like, I, yeah, I just broke up with my boyfriend and wanted to shout, dump him on the internet. Um stop
2: raising him is not your son I love that all
1: of that all of that I literally made that on my keyboard like before I went to my therapy session and I was it's funny because I bought the keyboard so I would have something fun to do that doesn't have anything to do with social media and then I ended up making this like keyboard jingle and then it went viral and now it's just like I left it in my old flat it's never seen like the light of day since um but yeah I I just I couldn't believe what I had experienced and what I had tolerated for so long. I was like, even that word tolerate, I was like, why am I tolerating fucking anything? And I think it takes sometimes someone giving you either attention, validation or approval that you realize you're not getting from your partner. Like someone, even, even when I met my current management team who are amazing, it was them saying you can be fucking huge, you know? And I was like, fuck I could couldn't I and then you look at all the, <laughs> and then you look at all the things holding you back and then you go and then you come home to your flat where your boyfriend is screaming where's the fucking food in the fridge and it's like what how how, <laughs> how your mum? you what your mum <laughs> would to cook you dinner like what <laughs> and it's you you live in this like it's called cognitive dissonance when you're when you hold two opposing beliefs like how can I say that I love myself and I'm this empowered feminist when this, this man is treating me like shit. Um, and so then, yeah, the bubble burst, he called me a bitch. And I was like, oh my God, that's embarrassing. He called me a bitch. And then he was gone the next day um yeah, and then start to, yeah start talking about it on the internet um and following and listening to other women who had similar experience as well and what I love about a good breakup if you're a content creator or an artist or an influencer even if you just have a platform whatever is that you kind of become an ambassador for breakups because you just like you want to tell everyone this like life lesson that you've learned you're in the girl's toilets and you hear a woman moaning about her boyfriend you're like just fucking leave him and you just kind of like pass on this like That's kind of what happened with me. I was just so liberated and I just wanted every person stuck in the same bullshit situation to see that they deserve better than this.
2: Yeah. And it's just not celebrated, I don't think, as a woman to be single. People see it as like a weakness or like a bad thing. So the Mm. fact that you're like the first ever influencer to be like, I'm single and I'm fucking flying. It's the happiest I've been. I'm smashing my career. I'm doing exactly what I want. Mm. it's just amazing to see you honestly must have helped so many girls I bet your dms are like inundated with girls that have left their boyfriends because of you
1: yeah it's Matt I I, I definitely would not say I'm the first influencer to do this I'd say I'm doing it in a new a different way that many women have done for a long time but I think it's because I'm so young that Mm. young women and young girls need to see someone young that looks and talks and sounds like them saying these things and being loud about it because I would have killed to have someone on the internet when I was growing up saying all of this stuff that just kind of makes you feel relieved like you're not going crazy and that you do deserve better and I think for some people it's just yeah hearing someone vocalize their thoughts and stuff but yeah the thing the thing about being single is definitely it's frowned upon but it's also like people think there's something wrong with you if you're single and it's like there's either something wrong with you or people think like they worry about you and every time I bump into people at events or whatever and they're like so what's going on with the love life and I'm like and I'm like oh I'm still single you know I'm dating I'm having so much fun but just haven't found someone that's like good enough to give that huge space in my life to and I think that's that is some people would rather just be with someone fucking anyone rather than yeah. being alone and know, that is that where you fall me. Yeah. And, but I get it. I was there. And that's, that's why I feel women fall into these toxic relationships because we're taught that we need someone and that it's embarrassing to be single. And if it's embarrassing to be single, then you will avoid that at all costs. And you just kind of latch onto the first person in your vicinity who gives you an, a, a drop, drop of attention. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I couldn't settle. I hate that, but I had it like, <laughs> I've been single maybe like two years I've recently started dating someone but before that two years and people like they say it as like in an argument but like no i you just still single then it's like This is a choice. You know, I could have anyone if I just settled. That's
1: (laughs) what I say. People, people act like uh, you're not the one doing the choosing, that you're like waiting on the shelf for someone to just like pick you up. Pick me, please. Oh my God. That, that infuriates me so much. Yeah. When people are like, is that, is that intentional? And it's like, of course, mate, I could go onto Tinder right now. (laughs) (laughs) Within five minutes, be on a date. Yeah. yeah, average But you know. brains. (laughs) You know, that you just wouldn't have fun. And what I found as well is like, for me, again, this is like a completely niche problem, because I have a very niche job just like you being in the public eye is that dating just becomes even harder. Your pool, your dating pool is like this tiny because you can't go on dating apps anymore because most queer women in my area know me or have read my book. So it's like, and you can't date anyone without also having this like huge reputation or like people have an idea of who you are. Um, And it's, it's very, it's very odd, especially because I'm in my early twenties. It's like, Oh my god! All of this, all of this normal stuff that I want to be doing, I can't do it anymore. So then your dating pool just becomes even smaller.
2: I'm so glad you said that because I thought for a long time it was just me, and people can't wrap their head around that. I've got so many followers, but it's hard to date someone. But I don't want to meet someone's got like preconceived ideas about me, or does it Mm -hmm. just because it's like you'll let them down. you'll let them down.
1: You will let them down. But when, when they see you on the toilet or when they see you being sad or when they see you not being the 100% because I, 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 right now I'm on a podcast with you to talk about what I'm passionate about. Do I talk like this all the time? No, I'm being invited (laughs) onto the show to do this and do that and, and talk about what I'm, passionate about but sometimes I've got to do really boring things and sometimes I'm not going to be and sometimes I'm going to be exhausted from doing these things and so I need a break and is that person then going to be disappointed when I'm not this figment of their imagination that they you know and I think that's so true yeah it's it's you you're going to let someone down and also I don't think it's actually in my opinion ethical for me to date someone who looks up to me because that's Mm. whether I like it or not people do put me on a pedestal and so it becomes really challenging to I can't I can't date someone who looks up to me because how do you know that they're freely giving consent? How do you know that they're not just doing this because they've got you on a pedestal? And I think it's yeah, it's there's so many weird things that come with having a platform. Um, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I I could dramatically lower my standards and lower my morals, and I would you know like we said be with anyone. Um, mm. But it's it's it, there's almost no way to explain to someone why you're single without sounding defensive because when someone you know when someone's like why it's like why do you think like I'm just I'm just I'm just happy and it's like you can't yeah it's 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 so being single isn't frustrating but the questions people ask about being single are frustrating
2: yeah so frustrating and it's like you said it's hard to not be defensive about it but I feel like the longer I'm the longer I was single the harder and like criteria of person that I wanted become even smaller like I yeah. can't describe it like yeah. I just felt like now I'm finally happier myself like mm. I'm recently dating now but it took a lot for me to even acknowledge my feelings for this person because I was like no I'm in such a good place like I don't mm. want to rock the boat I've like been the best oh. I've ever felt I'm like oh my god I'm scared but yeah you gotta live
1: <laughs> yeah oh I, t- I totally hear that yeah um I think yeah it's it's the fear of getting hurt and also again I I, I'm I'm saying this because I'm talking to you I know that you'll relate there's also so much at stake so you could date people let someone in and then it's it's because they're opportunistic and they want to tell people that they dated you like that has happened to me so many times and I didn't think that that would happen
2: (laughs) (laughs) so Was you nervous about posting like your first piece of art on Instagram? Because obviously it's very direct like the quotes that you use. Did you, was you worried there'll be any backlash from like people in your area or like friends and family? Or was everyone super supportive?
1: No, no one was super supportive. Um, I blocked all my family on Instagram blocked all my uh, all the girls that bullied me in high school I just blocked anyone that had this idea you know in your head when you're posting something and you think about who's gonna see it and that's the person that makes you anxious like you're posting a video you are talking about something there's always like oh but what's x gonna think what's y gonna think what's my mum gonna think what's this girl that bullied me in high school gonna say is she gonna bully me again is she gonna tell me that I'm stupid blah 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 So I just blocked them all to just completely avoid their gaze and build this thing. I don't like anyone seeing me in the beginning of a project. I knew that what I wanted to do and what I had to say was like this new way of doing it. Because I wasn't following any feminist influences in 2018, 17, when I started doing 2017, when I started doing this. Um, It was just me in my bedroom writing scribbling things down, putting it onto Instagram. Mm. So I was just like, okay, I need to create this voice. I need to do this thing because people are listening. It was it was scary because it's like, people have this idea of you. So then to change all of a sudden and then be seen to do something and like go after something. There's nothing more embarrassing I think than, than being seen to be wanting something and be vulnerable in that process. It's a bit like opening your phone up as an influencer to do your first talking video. People who aren't influencers find that so humiliating, the thought of like talking to a camera, but I could do it in my sleep now, right? And I think there's it's breaking those little, it's like self-promotion people find embarrassing. So that whole thing of me putting my art on an Instagram account for thousands of people to see is really embarrassing to begin with. And then you build this community, you build an audience and you attract the people that love your voice and love what you have to say and love the way you do it. And then it's just so mm. rewarding. And then I think over time, it kind of just drowns out anything that people could say um, because you realize that you have the support of so many people.
2: Yeah. It definitely does like boost you. Like sometimes I have like the worst days, and I just like look at some of like my DMs, and people like, "Oh, you said this, and it's helped me so much." I think that's the most rewarding. Like I think every woman's been through, every person has been through shit, but if you turn it Mm. into positive and can help someone else from that, that's the like the best thing for me. Is what makes me the happiest. But yeah, yeah, I think another thing that I could relate to in your book, and I'm sure like a lot of people could relate to, was the whole like friendship thing. And there's so much pressure put on friendships when you're at school at that age especially with girls and like you said it's like you just need that validation and you want to be accepted and part uh-huh. of a group but I don't exactly the same thing like my girlfriends weren't very nice and I fell out with like the main leader one yeah and then I was just all by myself yeah but yeah and it was awful I'm still the leader them girls used to, <laughs> yeah they used to come in my strip club and like take the piss out of me when I was working and But now I just think it was the best thing i ever done because if I would have stayed in that friendship circle, there's no way I could have gone and done the things I wanted to do with that, like gun modelling or stripping. Imagine the judgement still being in that toxic circle of girls. Have any of yours tried to like reach out?
1: Well, I was just going to say from what you were saying, and those are the girls now who are probably sex positive on Instagram and trying to be all feminist now, right? And I feel like that's horrible that they came to you in the strip club. That's, that is horrible um but yeah those people because because the times are changing now it's like very uncool as a woman to have that opinion so they're probably now like changing suit and probably sex positive or whatever or at least pretending to be yeah um but with me yeah so I had like apologies from all of the girls who were mean to me um when I was like kind of building what I was doing um, but it was more like this guilt thing. I had one girl come up to me crying at a party saying, I'm so sorry about what I did to you, blah, 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 blah. And I feel like th- they're weak when they're not in the pack. So when they're not in the pack and they mm. don't have that group mentality, that's when they think for themselves and they realize what they're doing. And I had a girl cry to me at house party, um, who then <laughs> when I became really successful, uh, made rumors up about me so this is the thing there's like a new rumor yeah 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 because I never I never responded to her messages and that's the thing you you kind of learn to deal with people making you the villain because they cannot fucking stand that you know who they are and I feel like when you're I I published a book about relationship abuse my life and I think they were probably just very scared that it was going to be about them so they were like right let's run the fucking rumor mill and let's get a load of shit made up about Florence Given on the internet um, but this this happens to me almost weekly, sometimes daily, and I've grown like the toughest skin. Um, at first it's a shock because you can't even fathom that, first of all, a woman would do this to another woman. Um, mm. And then you can't even fathom that people might even believe the lies that they're saying because that's what they have to tell themselves to justify being a bully to you and then you just you can't your world turns upside down when you realize that there are people who will treat you like a non-human I I said it to at a talk recently to a room full of my fans and people who love my work that a lot of them come up to me and they're like I can't believe you're real like they almost want to touch me (laughs) they're like I thought you were this fictional character and hearing that helped me understand why people are so mean to me and others on the internet is because they don't think you're real they think you never mm. see the hate and they think that you're so high up or whatever that it's mm. not going to affect you and they're very happy to use you as collateral damage in their chase for clout
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> which is essentially
2: the, so you've, you've experienced true. you've you experienced that more than me you in the
1: yeah, yeah. You, you've you experienced that a lot more than me in the press. Yeah,
2: I managed to turn it around, but I feel like on social media and, like, in the community, did you ever get, like, judged by, like, the LGBTQ plus community for being bi or, like, people judging you or any kind of stuff for that? Because that's been my most recent. Like, I think people got over the fact that I'm sex positive. yeah, I was a stripper, I own all that. Mm. But now people are like, do you like guys or do you like girls? And I feel like, ew, what, like, year are we living in that? Like, people are still now is that I'm just, like, doing it for press or I'm confused Mm -hmm. or I don't know what I'm doing or it's like I'm being fake I don't know have you found anything like that with your sexuality
1: oh absolutely absolutely um again what I said to you about being bi and having to prove that you're bi um again you can never oh my god so like last year um like winter time there was rumors going around that I'm oh what was it it was really funny someone said that I was like uh, well someone said that I was like faking being queer which I just get all the time anyway. Um, some people say I use it for like a marketing scheme or whatever. Um, people- people say all sorts of things and it's like why do you think I would have the- the- the the trauma and- and the, the- the horrific thing of like coming out and everyone in your life viewing you differently and going through all of this shit to just like be put back in the closet. So like you come out as a bisexual person and everyone's like, no, you're not. Get back yeah, in, get back in. It's like, get back in the closet. Is that what the new campaign is? Is that like, wh- some people are so woke that they're actually just really homophobic. Like <laughs> like people think that it's like, that they're, they're, they're gatekeeping queerness here. And they're like, you're not bisexual. And it's like, well, I am so. And the other thing as well is that what I've learned to do is to just never prove myself. So I never defend myself. I'm not gonna hop on social media and tell people about the list of fucking girls I've shagged or whatever. I'm not <laughs> gonna tell, no, because that that's what that's what they want. They want you to drudge up your entire fucking sexual history to prove that you'll buy. Um, and I'm never gonna do that. And I'm never gonna bite the bait. And people are always trying to bait you into an argument so that your audience can like find out who they are again like i said people have no problems using you or your name for like clout and that's just weird to me that's been the weirdest thing of all um but yes it's so again it's just another rumor mill but i think as long as you, you know your truth
2: <laughs> it doesn't really yeah. matter when girl relationship just when you're dating a girl do you feel like you can't act how you act with a man. Cause I've definitely felt like this. I was in a relationship last year. And when I was like involved with my ex-girlfriend and stuff, I just felt like I couldn't be how I am with guys. Like I'm very like PDA all over people, but just with her, I just felt like there was so much, not even judgment, but like sexualization from straight men, like looking at us like, oh, do you find that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I-, I wrote about this in my book. I was in a bar, um, holding hands with a girl at a fucking bar. And a guy comes over and starts flirting with her. <laughs> and we're both Maze. blonde yeah rude uh so we're just we're both blonde and we're sitting at the bar and then he comes over and just he's probably thinking oh they're just girlies sat there for me <laughs> friends and then we're sat holding hands and then he comes over and starts flirting with her and I was like all right mate we're on a date and then he goes Oh I'm into that. And <laughs> it was like why do men oh. think that they have to be involved with everything? Um so yeah for sure the PDA thing, there's nothing more frightening and also beautiful than holding a woman's hand in public. Like it is the most it's so frightening and it's also just so oh amazing like it's, it's it was the most wonderful experience I think it's like when you're a baby gay and like you're coming out and you hold a woman's hand in public for the first time because you know it's safe and like it's this whole thing where you like you want to check that they're okay I just think that queer relationships are way more considerate because of the potential of being fucking hate crimed on the street because so you're just like constantly looking after each other and I just think that's so uh, true. yeah and so obviously yes it's um a lot different to dating men um but I, I haven't dated men for years now. Um, so I can't really... I can remember what it was like with my ex and stuff. Um, but that was also before I had a platform. So I'll go on dates now and people will take fucking pictures of me. So I can't even go to certain places anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, everything's changed. It's like I'm not dating men really at all. Um. It's not that I'm closed off to it. It's that I just rarely find anyone that you know once you've once you've been with women and you realize that there's so much more consideration you you raise the bar for men and once you've raised the bar for men because you've been with women it's very hard to find a man who can match that uh standard yeah there's like
2: five people in each area code that like will qualify yes
1: (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah and then they they, they might be in a relationship they're just not even on your radar right so um yeah yeah it's, it's it's totally different for sure with men
2: and, w- men and women. Honestly, I could talk to you all day, but I feel like in the first like minute I've asked you, like we you've answered all the questions that I wanted yeah, to yeah, ask Yeah, yeah, this has been so good. Just you. to round up, what would you say has been like your biggest career lesson? Because you've smashed it and you're so young and you've like done everything. So yeah. what would you say? okay,
1: biggest career lesson. Um, that you, you, you're never gonna be prepared for what can happen if you take the risk but it's always worth taking the risk it's that whole thing your mm. anxiety your anxiety creeps in when you want to launch right so i've got a friend right now who's meant to be launching her photography website so that she can get jobs but she's not launching it and she's like excuses excuses right she's like oh this this but she kn- she knows that's that's what she's doing she's told me that she knows that's what she's doing but it's like mm. she's going through this thing right now where She's not launching the website because it needs to be perfect. And I need this thing. and I need this, this picture. And I'll do it when I have this, because she's afraid of launching, because when you launch, you're putting yourself out there. And I would say, just go do it, go make your content. And then you learn along the way. And it's either going to be a lesson or it's going to work out. And yeah. either way, it's great because you need to, you need to put yourself up for a rejection so that you can grow and evolve. Because if you never put yourself out there, you're just going to remain the current state that you are. And that's boring. And you're never going to live the life that you want that way.
2: Yeah, your life is just going to be kept on pause. And I think you've obviously done that. And that's been in you even like when you're like 14. To leave that group of girls, you've just always taken risks. And it's paid off for you massively. You are such an inspiration. Oh, thanks, Megan. Thank you so much for coming on. You're such a bad. And let's definitely
0: do truth. Yes, please. (laughs) congratulations on everything
1: though you're smashing it thank you so
0: much you too thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed this if you did please rate five stars and leave a review and be sure to subscribe so you get next week's episode as soon as it lands and remember for the best experience make sure you listen on the Intel app